0: Hi, it's Michael Anthony, and welcome to Epiphanitis. This is our second conversation. This time around, we're speaking with Brett L., who is a carnivore, a fellow carnivore. Discovering the carnivore diet was really, or even a ketogenic diet in general, that, that's really one of my hugest epiphanies. That, in fact, it is my core epiphany at this point because it's allowed me to continue to live for one thing, but also to continue to evolve, to grow, to thrive. So I'm excited to share Brett's story because every story, and this is another thing we talk about is how these stories, our stories, my story, your story, Brett's story, all of our stories, For whatever it is we're going through, whatever it is we're learning, when we share that with each other, we spread the healing, we spread the evolution, the growth, we spread life. And that's what we're trying to do here. So without further ado, here's Brett L. Hi, Brett. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be
1: here. It's a pleasure to be here Michael. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, it's uh I I've been following your story uh the uh I heard your Carnivore cast especially uh the, that episode with you was a just I couldn't believe your energy and your um just how you communicate the experience. I think w- should resonate for a lot of people because it certainly resonated with me the, how you overcame uh, just Obesity, depression. Uh, you're 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 an artist. You're a musician, and uh, just a lot of things that I just love to talk to you about. So, but um, uh, I I have a few questions, but uh, you know it's that that I've kind of outlined as a you know jumping off points. But I I feel like this is going to be just much more organic. So, uh, but I'll start off with the, that initial question, which is have you had a recent or really significant epiphany that you'd like to talk about?
1: I think the one thing that I really want to share with everybody and with you is the further I get away from my illness years, the further into health I get, the clearer I can look backwards and see the dynamics, how I survived and what I learned what I, And I learned a lot from the experience that I want to impart to people. And, and I'm really focusing on trying to understand how mental illness warps those, the ill person's perceptions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because the hardest thing when I was sick, and for those who haven't heard the carnivore cast, I suffered from major depression for 40 years. I suffered from horrible anxiety and severe insomnia. Was first diagnosed in 1990 1995 i started the antidepressants um gradually just got worse had an old-fashioned nervous breakdown or two along the way the medicines they started cocktails i took so many things it's ridiculous i, I later on maybe i'll go through the list it's sometimes frightening sometimes kind of funny to me mm-hmm. but in the end uh, I got, I was blessed to discover carnivory and seven months ago, I began living carnivorously on the 23rd into 24th day, my depression symptoms, Michael, they vanished. They didn't, it wasn't a placebo. It wasn't all you're just imagining this. It's been seven months. Yeah. Every aspect of my life, every aspect of my wife's life she's a month behind me in carnivory has improved. Not just a little bit either, not just a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I mean, immensely. Yeah. Uh, Just the clarity of thought, the, not just the absence of illness and the obesity, but just the, when you haven't felt joy for decades, except through chemicals,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: when you get the real thing, it's an incredible gift. Um, and I'm not answering your question very well. I kind of lost my train of thought oh, there. Oh, please.
0: That, that's uh, it, important it went stuff. that way. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that way is just fine by me because that's important stuff. That's, that's what I'm after here anyway. So, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh,
1: it's, it, it, it's really, uh, I'm still coming to grips with the, the profoundness of it all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because part of me feels like I didn't really do anything all that special. I survived. I'm fortunate. I'm blessed. Mm. Most people who go through what I did don't don't come out the other end. You know, mental illness is notorious for shortening lifespan of people.
0: Mm -hmm. Then you
1: start throwing in things like obesity, the horrible diet,
0: and it's all connected.
1: It's it's well, the horrible diet I believe is responsible for all of it.
0: Yeah, so do I. At this point, we have similar. Yeah, I also had clinical depression growing Mm -hmm. up. I was diagnosed at age about 13 or so, that was 96. And since then, I, I mean, I'm now 35. And, and up until 34, I was living with depression. And when I was 34, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was uh, a carnivore. And <laughs> that, you know, within months that, you know, I didn't notice, again, in retrospect, we have to go by, you know, tw- hindsight is twenty twenty in these things mm-hmm. because it's hard to see it in the moment. But when you look back, you connect all the dots, and it's ridiculous how <laughs> <laughs> you're, you just never put it together. And it all makes, when you look into the science of it, how, you know, carbs really ramp up your system, and they need to just, uh, it's like this nitro fuel that if your engine isn't in <laughs> proper order, can really, it can wreck the engine. You
1: know? Yeah, it's, it's really remarkable how <laughs> there's so many different directions you can go with this. I, I really work hard at not thinking about if we'd only known. Because it my, my father's 81 years old. He's been giving himself insulin shots for close to 20 years now. Mm. He believes every word that comes out of his doctor's mouth. And I'm a thousand miles away from him. I'll get to see him in person for the first time as a carnivore in June when I'm going up to visit. But everything that's wrong with him is reversible. Type two. Type two. And but I'm afraid I might get there too late. Because we're having memory issues and problems along those lines, But which is still in the early stages can be reversed once you mm-hmm. become fat adapted, because then the brain's no longer dependent upon glucose for energy. Mm-hmm. It's got the ketones to, to thrive with yeah. because as Amy Berger, who you may be aware of, um, I know the name. okay, she's a nutritionist. She has written recently an amazing piece about how uh, the constant insulin spiking causes the brain over time to be unable to, to process glucose f- for fuel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's when, you know, the brain starts is basically being starved to death.
0: Leading but to Alzheimer's. Like t- they call it type like, three diabetes now. Exactly.
1: Right? Exactly. So it's all reversible. And who knew? Yeah. I mean, you as a rational human being would never go out and willingly chug a bottle of bleach. Because you know it's poison. Sure. And if somebody made bleach taste really
2: delicious,
1: (laughs) like ice cream or like cake, you probably still wouldn't. But if you heard about how delicious it was long enough,
0: Mm. you might start taking little sips.
1: You might. You might be. Well, you know, Mm. dang it. You know, Joe down the street lived.
0: Mm, Right. (laughs)
1: It, it, it's what we were taught, what we were led to believe and, and the cognitive dissonance that arises when you say to somebody who's unaware, you know, you really should just eat meat and stop doing what you're doing or you're going to die. They look at you like you're out of your mind.
2: Yeah.
1: And then cause... if they know you have a history of mental illness, that's the first thing they think of. Oh yeah. You're sick again. on that. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've had dear friends that my whole life who haven't experienced me in person as a carnivore yet due to distance, but we're still in touch online and they're losing their minds. You look too thin. You're extreme.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What you're doing is just not good. How can you live like this?
0: Mm-hmm. They get concerned and start when, when you're heavy, nobody gives you advice. Oh, you should lose a few pounds exactly. when you slim down. Everybody's got to, you got to go to the gym, bro, or you, know, <laughs> you got to eat something.
1: And a, a friend of mine, this lady is I've known her since we were 13 years old. She doesn't have an ill bone in her body. And she sees me and my wife posting pictures and she just I just want to bring you all a plate of pasta. <laughs>
0: it it is a uh, we get unnecessary sympathy people think that it's restrictive but it doesn't feel restrictive at all you don't want the other things that's the that's what is so hard to grasp for a lot of people i think is that it's it, you you do you change it, the change all comes together it's not that uh you, it, i mean the the sequence uh, even from losing weight to exercise that Often, exercise comes after uh, you lose the weight because suddenly you have more energy. Um, this the, the cause and effect is just, everything's so intertwined, I can't even begin, I'll go off on too many tangents if I try to finish that thought. <laughs> it's all right, you made a good effort, you got right <laughs> up
1: to the edge of, of, of all those exit ramps and you hit the brakes, it was Thank good. You. You're better at it than I am sometimes. I, <laughs> But with, back to the issue of mood and depression, one of the things, the reasons why I'm taking the time and going out of my way to be on podcasts like this and to promote carnivory is because I remember, and I bet you do too, what it was like to feel hopeless mm. and helpless. I mean, I will never forget the day I asked my doctor, I don't know. I was maybe 40, 41, you know, and I'd been on Prozac for a while and everything was kind of okay. I thought looking back, I know I was on the slow spiral downward, but at that time I thought things were going well. And I remember asking my doctor, you know, you ever see a day when I have to take this stuff? Cause you know, I don't really like being dependent on it. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, you're probably gonna have to take it for the rest of your life. Wow. That's not good, guys. No, no it
2: doesn't.
1: <laughs> and then it wasn't too long after that that I started to my, it wasn't because of that, it was just a natural progression because I continued to eat poorly, not knowing the connection, and the slide continued. Um and it's interesting there was a period of time from 2009 to the summer of 2010 I got better. I thought it was because I had come to peace with some things, some familial events and whatnot that had happened that had contributed, I thought, at the time, thinking traditionally about how these psychological things work. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was why I was better. But also at the same time, because of the medicines I'd been on, I'd start gaining a lot of weight. Those antidepressants are notorious for weight gain. And -hmm. then when they put you on the stronger stuff like Seroquel, Abilify, then you really balloon up. Mm -hmm. So I went on the Atkins diet and I started losing weight, but I didn't attribute my improved mood, nor did my wife, to the change in diet.
0: Who would? No one tells you.
1: We didn't have a clue. So right then... If I had just had, even if it was just a blurb, this might happen. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe I could have gotten better 10 years sooner. Oh my god. But
2: goodness. that's not
1: what happened. Um, but I had a good year and got to go to my 30th high school reunion. There's pictures on my on my Facebook page. You can see I'm happy. I'm boy. I had a really great time. That's great. And then two months after that, I am sitting at Church in mass, praying, happy, glad to be there. And I suddenly, something in my head says, if you don't get out of here right now and go home, something very bad is going to happen. And I literally ran out of that church, hopped on the motorcycle I was riding at the time. Fifteen minutes later, I'm back at the house. I'm curled up on the couch, bawling like a baby, and I don't know why. And that's when things got ugly.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) I can laugh about it now because that keeps me from reliving the worst parts of it. Sure. Uh, But what I've learned looking back is what I really want to quote unquote kind of research and flesh out, because as a mentally ill person, when you're sick, you are so unaware of so many things. You're not aware that the illness warps and alters everything you see, hear, touch, feel. It, mm-hmm. you know, as, as as the one of the examples I used in the Carnivore Cast is my wife would say, "Oh, it's a beautiful day today." That wouldn't be what I heard because of the filtering by the illness. I would hear, "Man, what a beautiful day!" Mm-hmm. And so I would, as a loving husband. would say to my wife well what's wrong (laughs) and she would look at me go huh well nothing's wrong I just said it was a beautiful day yeah and then conflict would arise I would get frustrated My, my wife who I knew adored me couldn't understand me my wife who knew I adored her couldn't understand me when you're unable to communicate because of an illness and you're unaware of it it's a little horrendous, to say the least, if anything can be a little horrendous. I um, agree. So one of the reasons why I, I I think about this and like talking about it is because I think if we can figure out how to communicate better with the mentally ill, if we can somehow figure out how to bypass that filtering that I believe is there, mm. I think people could get well a lot sooner and maybe we could reach them with carnivory sooner. Mm-hmm. That's my hope. That's what I'm trying to do when, in these kinds of conversations is flesh those things out and share with the world. You don't have to feel bad. Yeah. You don't have to suffer. If, if you've been a compliant patient and you're going on taking the same med for six or seven years and you're just getting worse, it's time to look for something different.
2: Absolutely. And carnivory
1: is just... I, I avoid using the word magic, it become, but it almost seems
0: like it at times. The magic of meat. It is magical in a way. I mean, it's, it almost sounds too simplistic that we are meat, we eat meat, and that keeps us meat. <laughs> it maintains our meat. <laughs> we maintain our meat with meat. and it, it's, it's so liberating. It is. Look
1: at look at we're, we're not just free of illness. We're no longer slaves to taste mm-hmm. sugar. We're no longer slaves to sweetness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're no, no longer slaves to carbohydrates and that insulin spike, sugar crash. Yeah. There's no more afternoon. Oh my God! This day, I'm never going to get through it.
2: Oh man!
0: Yeah, those slums yeah. were the worst.
1: Uh, where just the simplest chore you you don't have, you're like, I just don't want to do that. I don't have the energy.
0: There are so many things like the, like that, like the, the afternoon slump, uh, being foggy when you wake up that we just assumed were part of normal life. I mean, Mm -hmm. now, now I can barely, pretty much, no matter what time I go to sleep, I'll wake up five hours later. That's it. (laughs) Before, pretty much, you know, pretty
1: much for me too. That's been my experience. I, it's like, Seven or eight hours, they do come. Those are mm-hmm. wonderful. But six hours seems to be what I get no matter what time I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I changed jobs a few months ago to try something a little different and I had to get up earlier. I had to be at work at six. Mm. I, I still had six hours Oh <laughs> of wow! of sleep. It just didn't matter. I'm going to bed at 830 and I'm still only getting six hours of sleep, which, you know, at 3.30 in the morning, if you don't have to be awake, you don't want to be awake.
0: <laughs> I can relate. It's tough. But uh, in some... Dietary change helped with, right? So you're, you're able to sleep better than you used to be.
1: Uh, immensely. I, uh, my problem before was I could fall asleep, but I couldn't stay asleep. My mind would start ramping up. Um... Whatever, whatever annoyance or issue of the day that I wanted to rant and rave about in my head that was offending me horribly, would soon replace sleep, and so I could was, never let. I could just, and I would just get up and, and stay up.
0: So it was, was more no psychological.
1: Point. Oh, very much so, very much right. so. Um, but by eliminating the toxins that were causing the psychological issues,
2: on.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very blessed. I mean, I, I sleep, I wake up smiling every day. It doesn't and if it's for instance, if it's a day for what reason I only got four hours worth of sleep, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I could still work a full day on four hours of sleep and be fine. Yeah. I
2: don't. mean I
1: might yawn once in a while, but that's it. There's not that I'm never going to do this again. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. How am I going to do this? You know, mm-hmm. it's only been 2 minutes since I looked at the clock last. Oh, no. None of that. Mhm. It's just a non-event.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Which is
1: which is freeing. I mean, it's liberating to not be chained to all that anymore.
0: Mhm. But just and, but, and the the thing I'm just thinking you, you experience something like that, and then you think back to your friend or acquaintance or family member who says, "I just love my bread. I can't live without my bread." Really? OK. You know <laughs> I mean, if you, if you only again, if you only knew. But at the same time, I feel like if we had known earlier, would we have just kind of coasted on it for a while and possibly slipped back into things that we didn't have experience with that we know now? you know, could have just taken us down from, you know, whatever. If, if we were all, if keto were the default, you know, uh, you know, that would, that you say oh, obesity and uh, diabetes or whatever the, <laughs> whatever the words they're making up now, all that stuff, um, metabolic syndromes would be, of course, a lot rarer. And of course that's what they were back in our ancestral I mean I'm not good I'm not an expert on all that stuff. I don't I know that we've had agriculture for about ten thousand years and I've you know that we've um a lot of us have heard the you know the overall summary of, mm-hmm. of how we evolved. We eat we eat more meat, we our brains grow, we we evolve out of the plant eating uh you know monkey phase of our existence that that we're sure we're related but there's a big difference and that big difference is the brain that requires a lot of fuel and we're better to get it and it's frustrating to look at articles and see you know great sources of protein and you see beans above meat (laughs) there's a huge denial of this stuff too
1: there, there, there's, there's a huge denial of it because, let's face it, people don't want their revenue streams disrupted. Yeah. This is not unknown to, in my opinion, it, if you just go back 100, you don't have to be historical or anthropological expert. If you look back just 150 years, mental illness was a rarity. Obesity was extremely rare, except among the filthy rich, because mm. you had you had if you didn't weren't moving around and physically working. Then, in many cases, hunting your food, securing your food, working in the fields for twelve or fourteen hours a day. With in many cases, then they didn't stop for lunch; they just worked all day. Yeah, of course. Uh, there were none of these metabolic issues. Uh, diabetes was non-existent.
0: They didn't arthritis. stop for a snack, yeah you know, there the was no,
1: i need i need I need some candy,
0: mm. <laughs> you know vending
1: no, machine <laughs> there were no there were no complex carbs then and processed meats and all this kind of franken food that we have now, no. now, you know, and what made the mortality rates so awful was because childbearing was so dangerous mm-hmm. it was if you survived you you know if you survived to maybe five or six years old. You were going to live to be 70, 80, 90 if you the didn't statistics. suffer a misadventure.
0: That's the trouble with statistics, and, uh, and that's also that's linked with the trouble with epidemiology, which is how much of our you know, dietary fallacies were established.
1: Great word, fallacies, because that's exactly what they are.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, the, And a lot of it's not, it's not intentional misinformation, It's just that we've been taught this stuff, and it's it's become like religion. But uh, you know, it's a I don't know. I'm I'm trying to avoid a matrix kind of. I hear you. uh,
1: I'm with you. I'm with you there. I was thinking as you were saying that, though. You know, my mom, my parents loved me dearly, and and I'm blessed that they're still on this earth to love me. We had an enormous vegetable garden growing up. I had fresh vegetables year round. Mm -hmm. I had fresh potatoes year round. I also ate a ton of meat. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, you know, we were vegetarians or anything. But, and I was an athlete. So I avoided getting sick a lot faster because of that, I believe, looking back. But... Mm -hmm. I also know, looking back, that I started first experiencing depression symptoms around the age of 15. Right. And who knew? You know, would a loving parent want their kid to eat stuff if they knew that's what it was causing? Of course they
0: wouldn't. Of course. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah.
1: you see the rabbit hole that I, I, I get near that rabbit hole and then I, I, I hang a sharp right because it's just so much misery that didn't need to happen for mm-hmm. billions and billions of people
0: and it's really insidious because say if you're an athlete you're not going to see those you're not going to see the arthritis and the the depression necessary you might blame it on other things you it might kick in later things like that happen all the time and the the, the things we all we're all supposed to expect from aging mm-hmm. meanwhile I, I feel younger than I did at 25. <laughs> so
1: I can't look in the mirror and say, Oh, I I've discovered the fountain of youth. Cause I look like somebody in their fifties,
0: <laughs> ah, <laughs> no, but...
1: but my thing is though, to, to along with what you're saying, I don't feel anything. I feel like I'm maybe in my twenties. That's excellent. I, I have energy that I just, it's hard to describe the energy. hmm But I can work an eight hour shift, be on my feet all day long, take a 20 minute break in a chair while I'm sitting at home talking to my wife and be ready to go for another evening's worth of activities.
0: That's excellent.
1: Without being fatigued or distressed in any way. Mm. Um, That never happened prior to carnivore. That didn't happen when I was a healthy. I call it carbivore. When I was a healthy carbivore. Mm. (laughs) I it's never good, had that energy.
0: No. Oh, it has um, did anyone inspire you uh, along this? Uh, I mean, was what is what is really just in general? What are some major inspirations in your life? I'm just we don't have to only talk about carnivory, but if they're connected, no problem.
1: Well, growing up, I was sports focused, so most of my heroes and influences were, were professional athletes of the day you know the Pete Roses the Johnny Benches those kinds of folks because I grew up my dad was an athlete he was a coach so I was immersed in that environment and then when I became exposed to music um then my focus kind of switched to that even I then it was more of an admiration thing rather than I want to be like Joe Blow the heroin addict Mm. I just wanted to make music. And I was never after fame. I was always content. My dream was to have a house gig that would pay the bills.
0: That's a very sober way of looking at it coming in. A lot of people, they're not thinking that simply.
1: Well, I was a little older when I, I actually, my parents wouldn't, my father wouldn't let me take guitar lessons when I could have gotten them when I was young. Or maybe I might have felt differently he mm. he wouldn't let me do. He said, you'll grow your hair long and play that crap that your neighbor does. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> so I waited until I was a legal adult living on my own, married with a son at 20 age of 28 and let my hair go long and started playing music for a living.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a backwards way of doing things. Just like, you you're, you're getting younger all the time. That's
1: <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, Then when I looking back, I could see toward the end of my music or toward the middle of that music experience. I started running into these behavior issues that I thought were due to the people around me, but I know now it was my own problem due to the illness. Mm -hmm. Because I became, I was not a sad, depressed person. I was an angry, grumpy, depressed person. Mm -hmm. And I spread the misery around equally and so looking back at the time i'd be like why am i losing these gigs when we sound so good why are there people complaining when everybody everything i mean i've got these recordings we sound amazing what's the problem well the Mm -hmm. problem was me but i was unaware of it and uh you know that's part of what you get when you're able to look back with with the hindsight Mm -hmm. and with a clear head Mm -hmm. um but then as time went along, when I, when I, I married my wife, she's my second wife. Um, when we met, I, I, she was my inspiration. And if it wasn't for her and my faith, I probably, we would, probably wouldn't be having this conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because she, I wasn't actively wanting to end my life, but I thought about it a whole lot more than I wanted to, than yeah. I was comfortable with. But I also knew that if I mentioned that, then a whole series of events out of my control could come into play. So I kept the white coats, the white coats, the forced hospitalizations, because I used to work in the mental health field mm. in my twenties. So, you know, so I know how it goes. Yeah. And, hey, uh, and, you know, I've seen angry family members take advantage of sick family members using lawfare against them in that way and while i didn't have that fear i didn't want my life my control of my life being taken away from me
0: of course not
1: so i kept all that to myself but you know into my life to end my suffering would be an extreme act of selfishness towards her in my opinion so and i the thought of her finding me was just completely unacceptable Mm. So that kept me alive. Looking back, I have no doubt that in my faith kept me alive. Good. So, yeah, thank goodness, Mm -hmm. Um, because for a lot of people, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Case in point, uh, comedian. Brody Stevens, he's 48 years old, he wasn't a real famous somebody, but he was known, if you follow comedy and comedy podcasts or whatnot, you would have run across him at some point in time.
2: And his name?
1: Brody Stevens, and he he really made his mark. He was the guy that would be hired to warm up the crowd before sitcoms would shoot. Mm -hmm. So everybody was laughing and jovial and all, you know, it was a great tactic that yeah. uh, the studio's use. And he was really good at it. Bipolar, took his meds, and unfortunately last week he ended his life.
0: I didn't even hear about that. That's terrible.
1: Oh, it's horrible. Uh, peace be with his soul and his and, yeah. and his friends and family. But that's how horrible mental illness is. It will trick you. It will lie to you. It will twist you. It'll take every good thing you know and make it ugly.
0: Mm-hmm over time mm-hmm. I was thinking back to when I was a teenager my it's kind of like when your your wife would say it's a lovely day and I, my dad would say uh, you know he would say hi are you okay and I, I got so mad every time he asked me are you okay I mean fuming and I i was such a nightmare, I'm sure. This I was probably 16 at the time, at the worst of it. But mm-hmm. I was also some of the worst of the depression. And it really does... ...hard to explain and also hard to really notice until you're out of it. You really do feel like maybe you're okay, this is just life. And so many people, I think, are tolerating feeling ways that they if, they, if they knew that they would find it unacceptable that they're living the way they are now. That Absolutely. They think it's, but they think it's fine now, it's, it's strange. But well, they, have, they,
1: don't, they don't have anything to compare it to. You no. know, when I was in my 30s and 40s, I thought I was, that was all normal to me. Mm-hmm. That was my normal. Well, my normal was just, <laughs> it was
0: disturbing. And it's supposed to get worse. It, it did. It's a, it mean, <laughs> You know, I mean, that it's supposed to continue to get worse and never, mm-hmm. ever get better. And that's life. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know,
1: I know now that's completely false. Yes. It, it's, it, and it's completely unavoidable. It's 100% treatable. You don't need to be on medication forever. The medications actually did more harm than good over time because I still have some cognitive issues that i haven't quite gotten rid of yet i'll have gaps of it's not just the loss of memory or one it's just kind of like there'll be like a two or three second thing where yeah i'm conscious of myself or whatnot but i can i don't just lose my train of thought i kind of just lose everything Mm. and i know that's that's the result of taking those meds and all those cocktail combinations i mean you know Let's go through the quick list. See if I can remember how many I can remember. Prozac to start. Effexor. Welbutrin. Symbiax. That was good. That stuff. I slept 16 hours a day. Mm. It was. And with a two hour nap every afternoon. Wow. Um, You know, it's not having a life. Uh, Lamactyl. That would make me just.
0: I was on that for a while myself. Blank.
1: Blank. Flat. Affect. Just. Yeah, no interest or desire to do anything. Uh all that made me into. I know you've seen one Flew of the cuckoo's nest. That made me into Danny DeVito's character. Literally, I was
0: actually I was actually on a small dose of that as well. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> um, a small dose. It wasn't that bad, but I mean, well, I, it, wasn't I a
1: very, it, it was very. It was a beginner dose. Yeah, it was terrible. I, I was. Yeah, he's just... I was,
0: for those who haven't seen the film, he's just smiling, this bizarre smile, he's blank, he's answering questions, kind of, if you ask him, you'll nod, and that's it, it was terrible. He can't
1: put a so. sentence together. No. You know, yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah. kind of how it was, i just sit you in the chair and be alone. Mm-hmm. It was too hard.
0: I mean, what uh, is that fixing, you know?
1: It didn't fix anything. Matter of fact, I only took it for two weeks, and I said, this is horrible. Mm. I said, we're going to do something else. I don't care what if, if it means. I'm just getting rid of that, and I'll be nuts on my own. Right. That's, un, that's just not any good. Sorry to uh, interrupt the list. <laughs> that's all right. Zoloft. I, um, let's see. Lexapro. There's a Latuda. They wanted me to try. They wanted me to try uh, lithium, and I said, "There's no way I'm taking lithium because I knew what's involved with lithium. Then you got to go in for blood tests regularly to have your mm. levels measured. You're always at increased risk for a heart attack, and here I was at 289 pounds at six foot one.
0: <laughs> you were no. making some some good conscious decisions about your health even back then.
1: Well, only because I had. The work experience in mental health. If I hadn't had that, oh gosh, mm-hmm. who knows what they would have convinced me. At the very end of the worst of the worst, in January of 2015, I weighed 289. My psychiatrist was telling me I should seriously consider electroshock therapy or a long term hospitalization. I didn't have health insurance, so there wasn't going to be any long term hospitalization.
2: Mm-hmm
1: unless I said something that indicated I was suicidal, which wasn't going to happen because then I might never have gotten
2: out.
1: Mm. Electric psych therapy, that was never going to happen because I've seen people after that. Ah, no, 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 I don't care. If, you know what, how good the new technology has been refined. You're not running amperage through my brain. Mm. It's just not happening. And it was a pretty desperate time. And a dear friend of mine that I, do music work with uh, she's a singer said have you ever looked considered medical cannabis before now i had bad experiences with cannabis when i was young so i didn't fool with it anymore
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i was the guy at band practice or before the gig or during the breaks who was passing stuff around it just wasn't my thing Mm -hmm. i had no interest in it whatsoever and beer was legal what was the point (laughs) But uh so did some research and my wife and I talked about it and we figured what do we have to lose?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean the worst that'll happen is it won't do anything. So we secured four grams of flour and she looked up on the internet how to make can of butter and she made these little quarter-sized uh oatmeal cookies and they had a
0: raisin in them. And my that's not zero carb.
1: No, this was this was (laughs) way before zero carb. This this was just Gosh, I hope this will help me live out to the end of the year kind of time. Yeah. And I was so afraid of having a bad experience that I would only ate half the cookie the first time.
0: Which is why, I hear.
1: Fifteen minutes after eating that cookie, I felt like a thousand suns had lifted off my shoulder. Mm. I was not high. I was not intoxicated at all. I just felt good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Normal. I, I would dare to say. Then 30 minutes later, after that, then a little high kicked in, and I felt, (laughs) wow, I'm not miserable anymore. Yeah. It successfully treated my symptoms. It did not cure them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Which I found out a few months later when I had to go out of town and couldn't have any with me for three days. I got through the three days. But at the end of it, I was pretty frazzled and it took me like six weeks to recapture what I called at that time, my calm Mm -hmm. cannabis gave me, they calmed me down. It made everything, all the noise, the background noise went away. Mm -hmm. But with that, and in Florida now we have legal medical cannabis.
0: That was recent, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, relatively. It was voted in in 2016. Okay. Yeah. but even with that, is very expensive.
0: Mm.
1: And who wants to be dependent on something that really you shouldn't have to have?
0: You mean like coffee? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, cannabis I always found treating me better than coffee. I was never a coffee drinker, but my, <laughs> wife, my wife is. She finally accepted the fact, due to a guest on another episode of the Carnivore cast, who had the credentials... And the understanding to say, if you're on arthritis, if you have arthritis, you shouldn't be drinking coffee. And arthritis is the reason my wife jumped on the carnivory train, because Mm. she had it really bad in her shoulders from repetitive motion from work. And she had it severely in her hands. Her fingers were already discolored and starting the joints were starting to draw. Well, I'm happy to report. Her shoulders are pain free. The discoloration in her hands is almost completely gone and she's got full range of movement back and almost no pain at all in her hands. Well,
0: congrats to her, that's amazing. Yes, her story
1: in and of itself is pretty pretty incredible and she's gonna start telling it on a blog soon cause she's not real, she's not outgoing and gregarious and wasn't a performer for years and <laughs> she still has fear when she talks to people. I never had fear.
0: Right. And
1: now that I'm not sick anymore, I want to share this with everybody.
0: Yeah, it's it can be hard. And I mean, I myself, I'm I'm unlike you. I'm not Christian. I'm not com- comfortable evangelizing. But, mm-hmm. but this is the kind of thing I want to evangelize about, <laughs> you know. And it's hard not to sometimes.
1: Well, when it came to my faith, I believe that the best evangelization is by being the example. You should, you know, you should be. Mm-hmm. I don't have to talk about it then.
0: I agree with you totally.
1: Um. And not suffering from depression makes that a whole lot easier, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. But uh, I sincerely believe that I've been given a great gift. You know, I found out in time. Mm. What a blessing, whether you're a person of faith or not. That's a blessing.
0: Oh, it's a that's blessing. an totally.
1: unexpected gift from the universe, let's say. And, and it need it best be shared lest it be taken away. Mm. It's kind of my philosophy on it. Right. Um so and and besides, I'll give you another another example of why I do this. Two months into my carnivorous experience, and I'm I'm not on Twitter so much at the time promoting it. On Facebook, I'm talking about it because I'm like this is great. You all need to know about this. (laughs) My friends and family are like going, you're still nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But a dear, a lady who I grew up with, uh, played sports with her brother. She was older than we were by about five or six years. She messaged me. She'd been diagnosed a few years earlier with primary progressive multiple sclerosis. And she was desperate to learn about carnivory. Her doctors told her that it would ne- her type would never go into remission and that she could look forward to spending most of the rest of her life in a wheelchair. So she's like, tell me about this. Tell me everything you can. So I shared with her what I knew. I got her connected with the Zeroing In On Health group on Facebook, which is where 10 and 20 year veterans of living this way reside.
0: There's in the Charles warm- Washington's group?
1: Yes, Charles Washington's yeah. group. Yeah. An enormous amount of data, personal experience. Uh, there's this amazing book. If you're ever interested in carnivory or you think it's garbage, read Stephenson's "Not by Bread" or "The Fat of the Land, Not by Bread Alone."
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually a, reading that now. Well, then you already Finally. know. It, I should it, have read it, it earlier.
1: Isn't it amazing?
0: I'm just I'm still working through the beginning, but it's it's I'm already impressed by just the they already outline how how the experiment went and mm-hmm. you get oh, it. Well, I won't
1: I won't I won't give give it all away. But. Since you're still reading it, but you learned that this knowledge was available in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I'm aware of it. I, I'm and there were reading there it, were
1: so people there were people living a carnivorous life. Thriving civilizations mm-hmm. of people living yeah. in the harshest conditions imaginable in the far north. There were never any vegetables. There was nothing green to grow there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that, I mean, people say, show me the science. And first of all, you know, Stephenson did help to establish some of that initial science. So, mm-hmm. you know, so there is science. There is science. All and those studies
1: lot... are valid.
0: And also the the science behind the mechanisms that... That make this work, that's all out there too. But mm-hmm. because it's not in a clinical trial with the diet, all that you know logic doesn't actually uh, get applied for some reason. Well,
1: well, due to the ethical guidelines with regards to research now, that kind of study really can't be done. Yeah. You can't do a controlled study on a large enough sample of people to get a valid outcome.
0: Which, and the goal is, is, of course, to be more accurate, but they're going for such a degree of accuracy that they just throw up their hands well, and say, well, we can't do it.
1: Well, well, because to do that, you would have to you would have, have first first visual eyesight of what every person in the sample was eating Every, every day. crumb. Every crumb. All, who, who's going to take the time out of their lives? to live with some, a stranger to take mm-hmm. the data in, and then who's going to let that stranger into their home for six months, a year, however long the study needs to go to collect the data.
0: And you know the you know, history of that uh, mental institutions used to be places where they'd conduct studies like this, and unfortunately, you know, the few human studies out there are done on, or were done, on mm-hmm. people who just didn't know what was going on. Were and patients. a lot of
1: torture, a lot of torturous deaths from that. It, that's another dark pit of
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> human goodness, history I that,
1: that, that I wish I didn't wasn't aware of. But I, I actually, toward the end, the last job, one of the last jobs I had in the mental health field was running. I was supervisor running, managing a group home for mentally retarded adults who had been institutionalized. All their life, they were the last wave to be released. And wow. these were severely and profoundly retarded individuals. Most of them were nonverbal. And they had learned some horrible survival skills that I won't even go into.
0: Uh, this is bef- they, so they grew up before Down syndrome individuals were integrated into the rest of exactly. society. Exactly.
1: And- A lot of physical deformities. You know, webbed hands, webbed feet type kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, cleft palate issues, head deformities, just due to, you know, they were just improperly formed humans who survived the process, let's say. And, And I, I, God bless anybody who ever has to treat family members in that situation. I have the deepest, utmost respect because it is exhausting work. Yeah. Uh. But I have to wonder, looking back, how many of those clients might have been helped through diet?
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, it's something to consider.
0: I can't um, imagine how, the, how doctors must feel who used to give the opposite advice and now they're, you know. I guess Dr. Baker hasn't talked about it much, but he, you know, he admits like other doctors have that he used to give the, you know, the advice he's now going against. That's a tough thing for the scientific community too. That's one of the big things and along with the money Mm -hmm. and it's, uh, there's so much, it's a huge web.
1: I see, I see physicians on Twitter. There, there, there is quite a number of pro low carb physicians now coming out publicly. Mm-hmm. because um, as one gentleman, uh, Dr. Kim Berry out of Tennessee describes, he said, I got sick and tired of following the rules and seeing my patients getting sicker every time they were in the waiting room. Mm. And so he started researching and looking into it. And there's there's more and more physicians who are sick and tired of, of not being able to help their patients.
0: That's a, and, that's a really good thing because, you, you know, Again, you could go into the the office year after year, you're compliant, you're not getting better. I wasn't even compliant, I'll be honest. But Mm -hmm. there are people who do all of that stuff. And if I had followed all the advice, it still wouldn't have helped. I almost once... I I once... No, I'm sorry. I I once... I remember uh, I used to be haunted by the fact that I had an, an appointment with a nutritionist after a blood test in maybe my early 20s where they were very concerned about my triglycerides a bunch of other things but ultimately they um scheduled a nutritionist appointment for me and i didn't go i just Mm. didn't want to go i just felt like it was bs why even go and the fact is i shouldn't have gone because i was going to get the wrong advice most likely this was early, I don't know what, what year, but it was before keto was a you know mm-hmm. slang term. So it was, I just think back on that and just wonder, I don't know. It's just a random memory. There's, you get these what memories <laughs> of what, yeah. No, I don't even what if, because I don't believe in regrets. Because I think we mm-hmm. did learn things in those difficult years that keep us more secure on a healthier path. Because if we had, if we never, I mean, that's how I feel.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you feel, your feeling is always valid in my view. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've never, I've never, you know, for me, it it was very different because I was, and this is not a comparison thing, because how do you compare levels of, of illness? I mean, you know, I was, I was in a very, very bad place for a very, very long time. I mean, you know, you're talking over 40 years
2: Mm.
1: and you're not, I was completely oblivious to all of these details and what I was doing. That was good. That was smart. I was just hanging by a thread. And at the end I was like, I I don't, I really honestly didn't believe I'd live to see 60. I really didn't. I didn't think I had a chance uh now i think my odds are pretty good if i could just not trip and have one of those be a statistic you know trip and fall in the bathroom or something
0: yeah right sometimes i I want i am clumsy oh goodness i'm a little clumsy myself
1: (laughs) i'm a bull in the china shop guy (laughs) but but, uh it it's i had a good doctor for Mm -hmm. 16 years living in south carolina he gave me his best effort. This man gave me his personal cell phone number when asked me to check in with him on weekends, just to let him know I was okay. Wow. He was that concerned. And he tried everything he knew following the standard of care. Mm. And he did, he, he and I talked about low carb at the time, but he was completely unaware that low carb could contribute to wellness in this way.
0: Mm-hmm. And technically, we were, he
1: was sharing s- snacky recipes with with sprinkling cinnamon on oh. pecans and microwaving them and things like that we it's were talking the
2: worst
1: to, thing, no it's not the worst thing it wasn't a fat bomb
2: yeah.
1: uh, but the the notion that diet was a potential cure was not it wasn't even considered no um and I'm going to make it, I've been trying to get in touch with him, A, to let him know that I'm okay, because I'm sure he would appreciate hearing it, because he really put the effort in with me. Mm. And he spent extra time with me before we moved. Um, we moved to Florida. My wife's job moved down here. It's how we ended up in Florida. Okay. But um, he was a good man. A good, he wanted to be a good doctor. He just was unaware.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm trying really hard to get back in touch with him through his. He's got a new office staff, and they're not being they're not being helpful.
0: Mm, I see, but
1: but he needs to know. All doctors yeah. need to know. Uh, I want to tell the doctor. I have a doctor not a block away from me that I used to see, because mm-hmm. he's only a block away. Family practice physician. Two years ago, he tried to put me on statins.
0: Oh my goodness
1: and because i hadn't lost enough weight yet i was just starting low carb at the time and had just started walking a little and had just started using the cannabis but you know i still was 285 280 whatever you know i wasn't in a good place and my blood sugar was up and uh he's like you need to go on we need to put you on the stat and i said well no Cause I initially, a light went off in my head said, you don't want to take that. I didn't mm. know what I know about statins then that I know now, but I said, I want to try diet and exercise first. He's told me straight. He said, 90% of people with your numbers cannot change them with diet and exercise. I said, watch me. That was the last time I went back there mm. because a year later I'd walked off 94 pounds, just
2: walking low carb.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Good for you, man.
2: Thank you. Uh,
0: I mean, that's a step. Every step counts. In oh, walking, it did. In walking it, life.
2: It made a
1: huge difference. I mean, suddenly here I went from this, this shell of a human who never literally, I would spend 14 hours a day, Michael, writing songs, sitting in this chair, recording and mixing. I'm in my music studio.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and... It was that was made more difficult due to the illness and the fact that I thought I what I was doing was sounding as good as it could when it wasn't because of the filtering of the illness.
0: Oh, wow! Even music,
1: even music. Um,
0: I mean, you're, you're my trying my own to hear music. The... The levels of the, 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 the treble and the mid-range and the Oh, bass. the
1: mixes were terrible. Everything yeah. sounded horrible. I couldn't, and I couldn't understand why. And people would say, you need to do X, Y, and Z. I couldn't process it. Hmm. I'm a pretty intelligent guy. I really am. You are. <laughs> but I couldn't figure out these simple things because I couldn't process the data.
0: That is just such a tough thing to wrap my mind around, but I completely relate. You know, it's, I mean, yeah, just that distortion. It's, its I mean, you can look at the world through rose-colored glasses or through, I don't know what the heck those were. (laughs) Sick glasses, sick glasses. Some kind of weird goggles.
1: Uh, Another great example of this, we had Hurricane Michael came through here. It got within 50 miles of shore. Mm. We live eight miles from the Atlantic Ocean and we were we had some storm damage
2: mm.
1: uh wind blew a tree that had a limb through one chain link fence and raised the fence up now my distorted vision the day after the hurricane i went out and surveyed the damage my mike as so i'm This is no exaggeration. It looked to me like that fence was a good 10 to 12 feet off the ground. Mm. That's what I saw. My wife was out of town visiting family when this happened. She comes home and sees it and says, well, that won't be any that won't be any problem to fix. I'm like, are you serious? We've got to call. We've got we'll have to have a tree person because of That's so high off the ground. The tree was still through it. It was leaning towards the neighbor's property. You know, we could be liable. That's what I'm seeing. Right. About six weeks after that, I was on cannabis at the time. I hadn't been on it for very long. About six weeks after that, I went outside. Michael, the fence was only about maybe a foot and a half off the ground in reality. But that's not what I saw. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand why my wife wasn't taking what I was saying more seriously.
0: Right, you're not seeing reality, you're seeing how you feel about it.
1: I'm seeing what the illness wanted me to see,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is how I I view it. The illness Mm -hmm. was in control, not me. Right. And you're not aware of that. And when you're, you know, Mm
2: -hmm. can
1: you imagine living, can you imagine walking down through Manhattan and everything you're seeing is incorrect. That's what, how I lived for decades. Unaware.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I lived my own version of that for probably, I guess, a couple of decades.
1: Well, then you understand.
0: Yeah. In yes, ways sir.
1: that others won't, will never will.
0: Yeah. And um, the thing is, it's, and it's different for everyone, but there are these things. I remember getting so mad when, I, at the worst of my depression, people said, yeah, I know what you're going through. Because I know you don't. <laughs> my my depression is special, and everyone's is special. We're all special black little snowflakes. <laughs> what you say is true,
1: <laughs> and I've and I have since encountered other people who are suffering from depression and anxiety issues. Mm. I can read them like a book,
2: mm-hmm. a
1: scary book, because I see it all keeps everything they put out is what i used to put out
0: yeah yeah and that's putting exactly you're radiating something mm-hmm. whether it's a good or a bad or if it's nothing you're like a i don't know all all of your energy matters that's again i go back to your energy you have this this vibrant energy this vital uh yeah it's that's something that and i feel like i have something like that as well you do I didn't you do have, and I didn't have it as much before. I mean it was, so, it was I think we're in there. I think we were always in there. It's just that our our physical condition made it difficult for what was in there to to really. because you, you think about there were moments, I'm sure, that you look back and you see the seeds of who we are now you see that you, you you haven't completely changed, surely, it's just that you have better habits, right?
1: I always right. wanted to be the person I am. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a good person. I always wanted to be happy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be kind. I wanted to enjoy life and, and, and experience what I would see other
2: people's experiencing that I just could because I was sick it wasn't because I was
1: stupid or that I had a severe character flaw although Mm. the illness definitely played an impact on that as I was growing up obviously but you stop and think about it Michael while you were sick while I was sick we were starving our brains of nutrition we were pouring toxins into our bodies
0: anti-nutrients on top of it
1: Exactly. And and so the fact that we were able to function at all is in and of itself quite a miracle when you stop and look at it.
0: Sure. The the human body
1: body will withstand
0: (laughs) the horrible abuse. It wants to survive. It really does. And it's gone through so much over the millennia. It's ah, goodness gracious.
1: And and when you look at all the symptoms are the systems in our body that meat fuels that nothing else can fuel like meat does.
0: Nothing compares. And many, even I think the most staunch vegan will admit on the at least, uh, at least on the scientific level that the most bioavailable nutrition is in animal products. Now, if you have an ethical stance against that that's something else altogether i think that we should be taking care of ourselves and that you know i don't like that we have to kill to live (laughs) i don't like that to be honest but it's just we're food too we're just lucky that we're that we're in a we have civilization we have tools and other things that you know police that keep us we're, from getting eaten we're at the top of the food chain that's just the truth
1: Facultative we're, we're,
0: carnivore amber or her calls i think
1: exactly exactly and if you haven't her uh the first chapter of that is now available for free in an audio version
0: it's in my youtube queue right now uh it's well worth listening to
1: she she walked a very similar path to you and i a matter of fact she even mentions a couple of medicines that i took yeah and she and i converse now and then on facebook i i'm i try not to bother her too much because i'm very conscious about i know she's busy as all get out she is Uh, so, and plus the carniv- first ever carnivore convention is coming up in Boulder, Colorado in just a f- couple of weeks.
0: I was so sad to hear that it was not here. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> or sure. Or anywhere of, near.
1: You could have just walked, <laughs> <laughs> caught a cab, and been there. Sure. And I, I, I'm, I'm the same. I told her, I said, if y'all have one next year, if you're just not in Florida, you're going to have a hex put on you.
0: <laughs> no, not really. but uh, At least get off over to this coast.
1: But, but she, she describes in this opening chapter, you'll be like, well, geez, I know exactly what that's like mm. because she was diagnosed with depression. And then like me later on, when the meds didn't really work, then they slapped a bipolar two disorder on me.
0: Oh, you got that too.
1: I got that too, but I was no more bipolar two than this phone I'm talking to you through is, it just wasn't mm. real. Uh, but they didn't know what to do with me. Hmm. You know, they gave me every medicine they knew to give me and I just got worse. Right. And she didn't get, but she was getting worse cause she was still eating plants and whatnot. And she was unaware of the toxic toxicity of things.
0: doesn't make sense to people that, that you're taking that little bit of green off your plate. I mean, I, I forget who's been spreading this, uh, I don't know if it's a metaphor or whatever but this image that if you put a steak on a plate with some broccoli everything's great take away the broccoli and everyone freaks out
1: they lose their minds Mm -hmm. you're you're suddenly go from being a normal person to a crazy person
0: and and we have no i still barely understand all these things about oxalates and other uh, potential you know these compounds and plants that plants use to defend themselves from predators and, or, you know, I guess you can't mm-hmm. really call them predators that they're, they're eating, they're herbivores, but they, they are also dangerous to this life form. And this life form is going to defend itself.
1: Exactly. So. It, it, and, you know, if you stop and look through nature, pretty much everything that lives has a defense mechanism of some sort. Mm-hmm. And with plants, it's their toxicity. And people don't realize that human beings understood this thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's encoded into our DNA that we shouldn't eat that. Yeah, And that's exactly why small children don't want to eat their vegetables. They recognize it on an instinctive animal level. This is not good for
2: me.
0: Mm-hmm. There are people, you know, uh, I. I, I saw saw that. episode, <laughs> But that, that I felt. So so sick and, and I everyone's saying, "Well, you probably just ate an off burger it's probably just a little you know no it was I remember in later on, I reflected back another one of these random memories when I was mm-hmm. a child, I despised onions i It wasn't even that the taste was even that noticeable, but if I had say, a bowl of soup and I saw little pieces of of a little those little tiny pieces of onion, say in a campbell's soup mhm it's Almost nothing. I was so disgusted and I was very frustrated. And if I had nothing else to eat, I'd, you know, power through it. But I, Mm -hmm. and I think that I was probably sensitive to it then, just on a a subconscious level.
1: I, I, you probably, I I don't doubt that you were. And my own experience after I moved away from home, I became a meat and potatoes guy. Mm. It wasn't like I suddenly hated vegetables, I just didn't want them. Yeah, I wanted I wanted my starch and I wanted my meat. And my wife used to say, you're the most boring man in the world to cook for because you only like like four things. (laughs) And (laughs) and and now I only like two things.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh, my goodness.
1: Water. Uh, But I didn't, you know, looking back, I can see that there was a reason for that. My 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 genetic coding says don't be eating those vegetables. Isn't they're not good for you? They're not helping you.
0: I think but that's the thing is that meat seems to be the most universally tolerated, unless someone already has such a severely damaged body that can't absorb meat. It happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that can be reversed. But you know, if it can't, regardless, most people I think can easily absorb the nutrition in meat and everything after that may or may not have benefits for certain people depending on how i think i think that's where ancestry matters more perhaps mm-hmm. you know if your your ancestors ancestors grew up eating a lot of fruit maybe you're more tolerant of of insulin mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever the proper terminology is but i don't know i'm no I'm, i try to stay away from this stuff because I, I do
1: I, I try to stay away from it too because i'm not a medical professional yeah. So don't take any medical, don't take any advice from me on this. Uh, but I have my own experience. Experience. And that's, and, and, and that's it's, it's my underrated. story. My story is what I, I, I bring to people because I know and you know that we're not the only ones suffering who don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And ignorance kills. Yeah. And, and I just, I think it's immoral to be aware of this information and not in some way endeavor to let others know about it.
0: Amen to that. Because,
1: I mean... be, because it, it heals. It, it, I'll share this little aside with you because mm-hmm. it's relevant. Last okay. weekend, I had the privilege, my wife and I had the privilege to go to our very first meetup.
0: Oh, okay. M-E-A-T. And we got
1: M-E-A-T up. And we got to eat with nine other carnivores. Or there were nine of us total. And so I got to like ask questions that I've been wanting to know. Like, is every bite that you eat like the most delicious thing you've ever put in your mouth? Because that's what it's like for me.
2: Yeah,
0: ditto.
1: It never. And and everybody there's like, oh, yeah, it's the greatest thing I've ever eaten. Every time. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed, Michael, everybody was so nice, so pleasant, so affable so approachable and all i could think of was geez if we're not inflamed as a species we're a lot nicer to each other
0: you are absolutely right i have
1: i have an online friend who says carnivory could be the end to war which on the surface sounds ludicrous Mm. but stop and think if we're not inflamed and we're not full of toxins. Individually, you and I can both share. Mm-hmm. We're calmer. We're easier to get along with. Much. We're not so quick to anger. Mm. When problems that life throws at us arise, we're better able to deal with and come up with solutions for them. Absolutely. Well, just apply that across the societal level. On a national level.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you have? You have a happier people. You have a more productive people. Mm. There's no need for conflict at the <sighs> rate that we have it now.
2: Trying I mean, to, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm not being all trying going all Zen or philosophically. I mean, it's just <laughs> to me, it's common sense.
0: I think there's a definitely a point there. I mean, I, I also tend to go into that mindset that people are gonna find something to fight over. But I think that we'd probably be nicer about it even then.
1: <laughs> well, well, yeah. There's you, you, know, you're, you're. There's, there's, there's always in, people at the extreme edges of everything.
0: Always happens.
1: I don't think what we're and I get called. This is a dear friend of mine says this diet you're on is extreme. I don't like it a bit. So. I jokingly, when I post on, on Facebook, always try to include the word extreme whenever I'm posting pictures about positive carnivores. Like, you know, Sean Baker had the most wonderful week last week. He got his license reinstated. Yes, congrats
0: he, to Dr. Baker. Congrats
1: to Sean Baker for this. To Dr. Baker, he's real. Vegans, you no longer have that tool <laughs> in your toolbox to throw out at us. And he won the world rowing championships for his age group again.
0: Excellent, excellent all in one week yes so and he just had which birthday he
1: just turned 52 52 can you imagine he's you're 52 year olds and you're setting world records and that sport that he's in that indoor rowing on Mm. that's extremely intense stuff yeah that's give it all you got and try not to die from it effort
0: yes it is
1: um but my point—I had a point with all this—and it kind of escaped me.
0: That's okay. It's a, this is all wonderful.
1: But 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 as a society, we're able—we can fix so many things. Just stop and look at issues like um, uh, racism, sexual inequality. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens if you take the inflammation out of the equation. What happens? Yeah. Just remove it. Let's see what happens.
0: That's uh, you know, inflammation is such a central part of this, and I'm glad you brought it up because when I mentioned that, you know, carbs are like a nitro fuel for your that, that wears out your engine. It's because of that inflammation. That's that's the the med, the underlying metaphor. Uh, the metaphor points to this inflammation. Not just everything is sped up. But you get that mm-hmm. extra little boost of energy. Sure but you're left more inflamed recovery is more difficult and over time things get broken down in ways that have to then be repaired on a deeper level which is i think what we're doing for ourselves now
1: absolutely i agree completely uh, along those same lines i was three weeks into carnivory i used to chew gum i used to eat mints. I had the worst breath you can ever imagine while I was on those meds and while mm-hmm. I was obese. It was terrible.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I ate them. I mean, I went through, I became an Altoid addict. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so when I went low carb, I stopped the Altoids because of the sugar. And then I went to uh, uh, sugarless gum. Mm-hmm. Of course, they've got the, sativ- the, the The artificial sweeteners are a different kind of poison that causes a whole different set of issues. Mm-hmm. I was unaware of that. But after I got into carnivory and I started reading it, you, people were like, well, you got to stop doing that because that stuff's really bad for you. OK, I'll stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And then about by the third week we went into it, my wife and I went to a store and I'm doing well. My joint pain went away. I didn't even know I had joint pain, Michael.
0: That's I had wonderful.
1: I thought I had just aches and pains normal from surviving 57 years. You bump into things, you break bones, you get, you know, you have a few aches when it gets cold, you know, where you broke your foot or your hand, it'll hurt.
2: Mm. That's
1: I what didn't they tell know, you. I didn't know that I was suffering from inflammation. I didn't comprehend. I mean, I knew what the word meant, but I didn't see myself suffering from it. Right. Until I woke up one morning and didn't have it anymore.
0: It's amazing.
1: <laughs> and I felt like a little kid wanting to dance a jig all that day. I'll never forget that. I. I'm walk I'm doing two mile walks at the time, first thing in the morning, and I'm literally wanting to skip like a little boy down the street. I do that. I'm, like, I mean, I'm really I mean, glad it's <laughs> dark outside and nobody can see me doing this. I'm a grown man skipping my butt down <laughs> the road here. I don't want to get, get get taken to the loony bin for being too happy and feeling too good. <laughs> that would be ironic. But that's what it was like. Yeah. And you try to convey this to people, and again, you get that that. Hundred yard stare of he's not (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay. This man's talking crazy to me again.
0: (laughs) And what's and the thing is, you can see where they're coming from. I find that, um, and I was going to ask you about this uh, empathy, empathy, having our experiences, seeing people what they're going through now. We, We have we're equipped with the experience to be even more empathetic, and I think that. For me, at least, has definitely made me. That's been part of the the mental health aspect of becoming a more calm, collected, and um, I think caring person. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's and it doesn't even. It's not like you never have bad moods or you never get grumpy. It's just it 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 comes and goes, and you recognize it for what it is and move on with your life. Usually, if it's and if it then. Life still happens, and we get through those challenges too, but it's not the way it was. It just wasn't.
1: I think the biggest difference for me, Michael, is that I don't want to waste time on that nonsense anymore.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: I wasted years of my life ranting and raving like a (laughs) lunatic. The last thing I want to do now is I don't like to... Arguing with people to me now is just the most useless event on planet earth. (laughs) My wife and I, you know, you, you learn behaviors, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and one of the most difficult things for my wife, who I'll, I'm going to brag on here profoundly in a little bit, is that she didn't know how to deal with me. She didn't know. So she lived on eggshells for, for years. And we've been together 22 years now. We're married for 21, and I was sick for the majority of that. Uh, but she stuck by me. She definitely earned her place in heaven for that. I mean, because mm. she, 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 she'll tell you, she lived on eggshells for all those years because she didn't know what to do. She never knew what to expect.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, the simplest thing can turn into a major e- argument over nothing. And so she learned a lot of behaviors that she's blissfully been happy to unlearn, mm-hmm. but it was, it was interesting there the first couple of months after I started the cannabis and then we didn't make the, the, we didn't know that my mood would be improving along with that due to the dietary changes yet, mm-hmm. but she would kind of tense up before she would say things and then kind of like wait to see expecting me to behave like I would when I was sick, which was usually angry and loud. Mm. And I'd be like, what are you looking like you're afraid for? <laughs>
0: right. I, you know, I'm not gonna you do that. You never right. even noticed that look.
1: No, I never had a clue.
0: That's heartbreaking. I never and had a clue. Yeah, that's, that's amazing that oh, and, and so she told you this, I'm sure. Too.
1: Well, well, I figured it out later you figured on. It yeah, out. she told she told me later on when I would when I asked her about it and we discussed it. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, I just never knew what you were going to do. I never knew how you were going to react to anything because you might say this today. And you might want that bookshelf over there today because it was offending you where it was before. And then three weeks later, you'll come in and say, well, why did we move it?
0: I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to all my, my petty, hangry moments.
1: Angry mm-hmm. hangry's the right word,
0: yes, because yeah, the hanger i mean what my longest relationship was thirteen years, and uh it, what I put her through I, <laughs> and the thing is we were we started off very young we were together from i was from i guess i was seventeen to thirty within our we were pretty much the same age within six months, so uh the um just looking back on, um, we, well, for one thing, we started dating in high school. We, we had how much money? So we went to get pizza after school. I had lost, mind you, I had lost a lot of weight before mm-hmm. I met her. So, and she had, I think, lost some weight too. But we both ballooned up very slowly. Didn't notice having our, our pizza and beef patties with cheese after school <laughs> in Bushwick every freaking day. And after a while, you know, both of us were dealing with the, you know, depression and other She has much worse worse health problems that I, I, am you know, always encouraging her to cut, you know, because we're still friends. So Mm -hmm. I do, she sees what I'm doing. I'm hoping that she'll, you know, she's doing a little better than she used to, but I've seen what she's gone through. And I'm not going to, you know, discuss her medical history here, but I, you know, you want to, the people you care about, you want to just... That's what we're doing just you, you say what you can you try to live by you know just set a good example or you know you're just living your life and that sets the example i don't
1: think in looking back that i finished the multiple sclerosis lady story okay. to its conclusion and i want to get this in because sure. this really centers around why i do this because i'll be honest with you i don't know what it's like for you going down memory lane But certain parts of it, I don't like revisiting.
0: Oh, it's a mixed bag for everyone. I I don't
1: like remembering what a horrible human being I was on various occasions because Mm -hmm. I was sick. Because it doesn't excuse my poor behavior. No. But the reason why I do this is the lady with the multiple sclerosis contacted me two months into her carnivorous journey. And Michael, all her symptoms were gone they're gone. And then she told me, she detailed her symptoms. She stopped falling down. I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that that was a a problem that you had with multiple sclerosis. You fell down a lot. Mm. The ringing in her ears that had been there 24 seven went away. Mm. I can't even imagine what permanent tinnitus is like. That's terrible. Just on paper, that's horrible. Yes. So she went through this list of things that just went away in the first two weeks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and she even she said, "And I haven't." She said, "I haven't been eating just meat and water like I should yet." And I said, "Well, please just eat meat <laughs> and drink water, <laughs> and let's sucks. see what happens." Mm-hmm. Two months, it was all gone. She fired her doctor. Wow. She went to him and said, "You sob, you <laughs> told me that oh. this was." Irreversible, Mm. would never go into remission.
0: It is infuriating to think back to those conversations.
1: I I wouldn't blame her. Mm. I didn't blame her. I I said, I hope my thinking, I told her, I said, well, I hope you printed out a bunch of stuff from like meatheals.com or whatnot to take to him to Mm. say that you're not the only one, but this is why it's so important for people like you and me and everyone else in the carnivorous community to share this with everybody, mm-hmm. I, you see it you, you probably see coworkers. I see them.
2: Mm-hmm. I work in a
1: big box store, Michael. I see people walk by me, these enormous, obese folks. They've got their kids, they're going in the juice aisle. They come out with their buggy full of four things of apple, apple juice, a thing of apple cider and all I, I just cringe. I'm like, "Please, no, don't give those children that.
0: They're loading the back of their scooter with it. Yes! The scooter because they can't walk because they're drinking it. It's, it's, it's painful to see. And,
1: and you see the little kids in their little mommy or daddy satchels on their shoulders, or backs, and they got their little sippy cup full of juice. Mm. And, you and know, then, the, the executives at Nestle's are like going, oh, goody, more mm. customers. We've got addicted at an early age.
0: things yes, I just
1: want to scream, don't do that to those kids. But yeah, you have to be quiet.
0: Of course. Oh, the boss will get you,
1: <laughs> or or they might get you, and they're bigger than me.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. When I weighed two eighty nine,
1: I was and scout all the time. I was kind of intimidating. Now I'm just a skinny old bald guy. Nobody's afraid of me. Yeah,
0: you're tall. <laughs> you're real tall. Aren't you? You're six one or something.
1: I'm six. I'm six. Little over six foot now. I I I've got some uh, my l four, five, and six thanks to some genetic fun. Thank you, mother. Uh, I've shrunk a little bit from what I was in high school, right. but I don't care because I'm carnivorous. It's okay.
0: <laughs> You're also taller than I am. So, hey, complain only a one. <laughs> oh, I,
1: I'm not complaining about that. It's it just <laughs> so much goodness comes from eating this way, mm. and we need to share that goodness wherever we can.
0: I agree. Are you doing just as I just? It sounds so trivial compared to these amazing philosophical things you're discussing. But do it's you right. do grass fed, grass fed I, or not? I,
1: I I do. I eat the meat we can afford. I don't. It, grass fed would be nice, maybe. It's mm-hmm. just too expensive. I haven't been interested in trying it.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I'm very.
1: I only eat meat. I only drink water. I really have no desire I get asked all the time what well, do you think about adding or do you think you'll ever add anything back in I'm like, why would i
0: what's it gonna I'm, do
1: i'm relatively sane for the first time in my life mm. i've never felt healthier i'm thriving i was unemployable for all those years i'm working why would i risk that
0: and you know you just answered one of the questions i try to slip in and i was going to which is what excites you about the future and you can men you can still answer that question but all of that that that's stuff the what's fact to that i'm going to have
1: a future michael is a future. Just in and of itself a joyful thing cuz yes. i could i really i couldn't see me making it to 60 i really couldn't mm. uh now i i you know i see a long future ahead, barring you know something unforeseen. Which it'll be if it's unforeseen, it'll be an accident. It won't right. be because I started. I started cheating, which is a word I find hilarious because cheating mm. implies gaining an advantage. There is no advantage to putting <laughs> non-optimal substances in your mouth and swallowing them.
0: You're right. It's not. Too... I guess they mean cheating as in. Uh, I guess infidelity. It's more like infidelity yeah. than but yeah if you think about it like a sport cheating you're and not I getting a some, leg up at all
1: i had somebody try to rationalize that to me the other day and the, it was hilarious i felt sorry for him but it was kind of funny because they're like well food is just another reward that you should give yourself mm. the day after i read that Dr. Ken Berry, I mentioned earlier in Tennessee, posted a thing. Don't reward yourself with food. You're not a dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought, How aprop- feel like one.
1: How apropos. But <laughs> there's, once you know this, what would ever possess you? Once you're free of the cravings. Now, mm-hmm. people who are still experiencing cravings, I have deep sympathy for them because I remember yes. that struggle. Uh huh. But once you lose the cravings, why? What's the rationale for ever risking getting them back? Because all it takes is one Reese cup, Mm. or an apple, or a bunch of grapes. Yeah, it can. And you're you're a classic example. My own experience: I didn't knowingly eat something I wasn't supposed to. Three weeks into my carnivorous experience. We're at this store we've never been to before, and they have these mints. They're called, and they say sugar-free, and I'm thinking, yeah, right, sure, sugar-free, it's going to have to, you know, have crap in it. Well, I pick it up, and there's no, nothing on it that I recognize from my list of poisons that I have memorized, you know. (laughs) (laughs) There's no fructose, there's no sucrose, there's none of this garbage, there's no real sugar, there's no fake sugar that I can see It just says it contains, uh, I can't, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it. I think it's called xylitol, Mm X-I-T-O-L. And it looked perfectly zero carb to me. It's extracted from plants. It's extracted from the bark of a tree with alcohol. With Mm, alcohol. With alcohol. With alcohol. Wow. (laughs) Not knowing this. I bought this little tin of these mints and it was so wonderful to taste spearmint again. Michael, we weren't in the car 10 minutes after I put the, and I started becoming for lack of a better phrase, your classic asshole. Mm. I started becoming extremely critical of everything I saw, everything I heard, anything my wife said or did. And finally, it dawned on me, this isn't right. Yeah, And I looked at her and I said, I shouldn't be eating this crap.
0: That is, You see how quickly <laughs> it kicks in? When now, you, now you have a frame of reference.
1: 15 minutes. It, 15 minutes. My behavior changed.
0: Mm.
1: It took three days to get all of that crap out of my system. You were
0: feeling that way for three days.
1: I was fighting it for three days. I had yeah. to really up the cannabis. Yeah and basically seclude myself because I don't want to be that person. I don't want to act like that.
2: Mm.
1: I wouldn't want to act like that if I was in a room full of people I didn't like. It's just not mm. nice.
2: No.
1: And, and, and I don't want to be that guy anymore. When I was sick, I wanted to, I wanted to stick my anger in your face. I mean, if I thought I was right and you and I were arguing about something, it Mm -hmm. didn't matter how insignificant I would stand there indefinitely.
0: Oh, because you're going to win.
1: You're going to win. You understand. Oh, because I'm right. And if I'm right, I'm not going to relent. Well, it's interesting that you had that, too. Maybe that maybe that is a common depression symptom or one of the common depression symptoms, Mm -hmm. because I've only engaged with one person who experienced, who's had mental illness or currently is mentally ill since I got better. Mm. And I. There are no mysteries for me with this person, because it's like looking into a mirror of my own existence then. Yeah. Even though the details are different, the dynamics seem to be consistent.
0: Whenever I see someone like that in my life that has that, you know, we, we can recognize that in what we used to be in them. What you can do is, yeah, try to let them know, bef- you know, so they they can, they don't have to learn the hard way like we did. Exactly.
1: You know, and then you're faced with how do I approach this person? Is there somebody that's even approachable? You know, what? how sick are they? And when I see the people at the store, you know, I, I, I just, please eat some meat. Please eat a steak. Please mm-hmm. go get some ground beef. Just some, have a friend, you know, dear Lord, would you direct somebody to just give them what they need to, so that they can learn about this? Because mm. the suffering is just hard to watch now when you know what it's caused by. Now, yeah. when you didn't know, oh gosh, there goes an obese person. Geez, they should eat a salad. Maybe take a walk. Mm -hmm. i had priests i had a catholic priest who's good guy really good man one of the most insulting things i ever heard i I wonder if this one got you the one thing i hated here was go take a walk you'll feel better
0: oh my goodness that got me it didn't get me mad but i said you're
1: right it would infuriate me (laughs) You think I haven't heard that before? I've wore out 97 pairs of shoes trying to walk this shit out of my system. Please.
0: I remember several times buying sneakers, going, making a special trip to the mall to buy, you know, the, the, the jumpsuit, the sneakers, the socks, uh, everything. I said, I'm even getting white socks because I don't wear white socks from day to day. So this, these are going to be my workout socks for when I right. stink up these sneakers here. And I never did. I never did. Oh, I did the energy. I, I didn't have dog. that energy. Yeah, walking is underrated. Underrated. Well, it's underrated. But
1: when you were, dep- when I was depressed, I'm speaking for only me because I know other people who used exercise to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I tried. I mean, I didn't just half-ass it. I got the dog on the leash mm-hmm. and I tried really hard. I I trying, just, yeah. I yeah. just got angrier. Because I wasn't getting better,
0: so right? Well, like your sh- body wasn't ready.
1: Yeah, well, I, I was still still pouring toxins into it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that, never that had that a chance. Was, I went off on a million tangents earlier with this, but I, I earlier I was trying to get to that point that the the order of healing seems to be pretty consistent. That first comes maybe the cognitive that, that starts kicking in a little bit. You start to have a better mood. Uh, then. Maybe you start seeing a couple pounds drop the first, you know, couple of weeks, and depending on how things are going for you, things can be different for different people. Mm-hmm. In, in general, it seems that people they start to feel better, think more, have healthier thought patterns. Then they start to, if they have excess weight, slim down. If they're too skinny, they start to bulk up, mm-hmm. and everything just starts to from the inside out, to heal. I, I
1: I describe to people. And, and it's the best way I can come up with it. I feel like I'm literally being rebuilt and rewritten from the inside out. Yes. Even now, even now. Because seven months after mm. 57 years of toxicity, mm. I'm still healing.
0: Right. It's just, and you think about it, I think, what is it every seven years the whole, or is it nine years? So between seven and nine years, the body completely regenerates itself. I'm looking forward to the day where kind of like when I, I shaved my whole beard off at one point and I grew out what I called a meat beard because that beard was fueled purely by meat, a little bit of dairy, mostly meat, and <laughs> we're going to have meat bodies, <laughs> you know, within the next decade. It's oh. gonna, every particle of us is going to be made of a whole, I, I'm, you know, we may, who knows, right? We might eat, eat some, uh, you know... Brussels sprouts, I don't know, whatever that crap <laughs> is, whatever people eat. Not me. I don't you know could, what people eat anymore. If you, if
1: now, if you, if somebody said a million dollars cash on the table and they said, if you eat that bowl of kale, that oh. million dollars is your, I'm wolfing that kale down
0: Yeah. because I'll
1: have the money to pay for my healing.
0: <laughs> Not to mention a, a big freezer for all that meat.
1: Oh no doubt. No doubt. That's the, that was the. I knew we were on the path, the right path, the minute after my wife, about two months into her carnivorous experience said, we have to buy a freezer. Yeah, And I knew, I knew right then, hallelujah, she's 100% <laughs> in, there's no turning back now for her. This is because that was my hardest, the hardest thing was to consider that she would be cooking, she would stay on the sad diet and I would have to smell all that and mm-hmm. see it all
0: because
1: mm-hmm. i never liked pasta anyway i was not a pasta person
0: lucky i didn't like the it.
1: smell of it well she loves it loved mm-hmm. it my when we when she came on board with carnivory and we cleaned out our cabinets we gave away two. i i her to think of how much money she had spent on it over time mm-hmm. on all these different side angel hair and these different kinds of pasta i never could pronounce the names of them that was z's and N's and TTI, I, mm. I
0: don't
1: know what that stuff is, <laughs> but because I, I never ate it. We just had spaghetti. That was all pot, spaghetti and macaroni. Those, They're all just the,
0: different shapes of the same stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty much, but different names. But I couldn't even stand the smell of it, the sight of it. Just, oh, I just hated it. Now I know why. Mm. Because, I am mean, encoded to not like it. Mm. She loved the stuff. She grew up eating it. It was like her candy. Yeah. The f- five meals out of every seven at her house growing up had pasta in it.
0: Are you kidding? I used to put down a huge. I'd have the full size dinner plate and pile on the the spaghetti and the. I also did like the the sauce, the meat sauce, mm-hmm. I, and I did always try to get as much meat in there as possible, which is a you know a kind of a prescient <laughs> moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's oh my goodness, I I, I can't tell you how. How much this has changed everything. I I, I don't. My I can't even keep a a single thought in my head right now, uh, because it is and it gets emotional too. uh, You know, just to think about what we've learned and where we're going. So I'm excited.
1: As Amber O'Hearn said to me, it is. Being healed from depression is one of the most profound things a human being could ever go through.
0: And for you, that's the main thing, right? Is the depression.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I suffered from anxiety along with that and then the insomnia. Mm. I, I think they all three go together. I have never met somebody with depression who didn't suffer from anxiety as well. Yes. I've never met somebody who has suffered from anxiety that wasn't depressed. Yeah. In some fashion. I, I, I believe sense. the two are... It's a co-illness, I think, for lack was of just, a better
0: phrase. Oh, sure. And I was just thinking back uh, to what w- things that Michaela Peterson has said about how she had this such bad arthritis that she had to have the hip replacement, the, all these kinds of very invasive surgeries and replacements. But to her, the depression was worse.
1: I... I <laughs> There's a segment where her dad's on Joe Rogan. This is how I found out about carnivory. And it ties in to Michaela directly. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same lady who said, recommended that I look into medical cannabis messages me one day and says, you have to go watch every video this man has ever made. Mm -hmm. And it's Jordan Peterson. And So I click on the thing and he's giving a lecture and I'm like, gee, many Christmas, this dude's intense Mm. and he's throwing heat. He's he's throwing reality at these students and he's doing it in an articulate way that I've never heard done before Mm. because he's not using ideology. He's just using old fashioned black and white reality.
0: He's very calm, too. He's not out there yelling like Fox News.
1: Oh, he's, he's not, he's not, he doesn't come across as a zealot. He's just an intensely intelligent, articulate human being who has a gift for cutting through the BS, whatever mm-hmm. the issue is. And he's got integrity out the wazoo, in my opinion. So I agree. I found this 30 minute cutout from his first time or one of his first times on the Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. where he talks about the diet and he explains the whole deal
2: with Michaela my jaw is bouncing off the floor what you... if it had been anybody else but him i would have laughed and
1: changed the channel and never thought about it another moment but it was jordan freaking peterson thank That's god a close call close call no it, it's that close. If it had been anybody else but him, I probably wouldn't have accepted it. Mm. My wife got like, "What's this and tell me if I'm seeing what I'm seeing. And she watches. She's like, oh, my gosh. And through part of that discussion, he describes how he tells M- Michaela one day, says, OK, kid, you've got a choice. You can keep the depression or you can keep the arthritis. What are you getting rid of? She said, mm-hmm. the arthritis or, or the depression. I'll she get said, rid the of it. I'll, I'll keep the arthritis for the you rest think, of my life.
0: You would expect the other way around. And,
1: and I was like, yes, that's yeah. exactly the answer. I would have, I would, if you'd have told me, chew on these pebbles, make sure they're the blue ones. <laughs> Here's where you go find the pebbles. <laughs> mm. You eat three of those. And you don't break any teeth. You're not going to be tre- depressed anymore. I would have gone and looked for the damn things. That's mm-hmm. how much I didn't want to feel like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, I have to try this. Yeah. But it was, I started doing research on YouTube for the carnivore diet. And then the first thing I found was Sean Baker's episode on Rogan. Yeah. So I was exposed to the right information at the right time in the right order. It's so important. And after I discovered Sean Baker, then I discovered Amber O'Hearn giving a talk at Keto fest. 2016, 2017, around in that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she describes how we separated from yeah. our Simian relatives by eating meat and it explained that, you know, how we barely have any cecum to speak of and what it was used for and what we, mm-hmm. and it all made sense. It just, that was like the last piece of the puzzle.
0: Yeah. And I, think, again, I think that was the first thing I, I ever, the first full length that was that I think that video, I think that was my first fuller introduction as far as videos was that talk by Amber.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Well, you know how powerful you can't argue with the logic or the science of it.
0: It's thorough.
1: It's inarguable
0: and simple too. Surprisingly, it's very
1: simple. Well, the whole concept of carnivory is very simple. That's Mm -hmm. what I think. What throws people off who bought into the sad diet lies fallacy so hard is because it is simple.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's 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 not even it it's it's even if there was a word that you could use to make. The term simpler, even so, maybe primal is the better word because it's, I like that word. It's encoded into us. The beginning. This is what what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But as humans will do, they, they, we we like to to mess with things and tweak them or try other stuff. And then you got people that want to be in control of other people and start telling people how to live. And then you. Mm. Money gets involved and then we have the mess that we have today where people are taught at an early age to make themselves as addicted to sugar as possible.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's a, it's, we have a lot to, we have a lot to fight against. I think we're, keto is getting so popular. I generally just advocate for a ketogenic diet above all or a whole food diet in general and uh i think that things are getting a little better i think we're at we're right at the threshold aren't we because we're right at the point where the where government and in commerce are again i don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist but it does i mean it's an obvious conspiracy to make money by getting us and keeping us addicted to various whatever's whether it's tv or or where mm-hmm. the chips were in the popcorn we're eating while we're watching TV. <laughs> it pretty much revolves around that, you know, just uh, the passive existence, the vicarious existence. Uh, I don't I feel like I'm going off on another tangent. <laughs> no,
1: you're, you're, I agree. I agree with you 100 percent. And I don't I, I think I don't even like to use the word conspiracy. I think it's just the damn truth mm-hmm. that that. And when you look, Nina Teicholz, she's got some great talks uh, she's written some great stuff about how the sad diet actually came into existence.
0: Her book, The Big Fat Surprise. Yes. What, that was the first book, I, the full book I read about it. And uh, Gary Taub's uh, mm-hmm. uh, Good Calories, Bad Calories was the second.
1: I haven't read those books, but I've watched a lot of their lectures. Mm-hmm. And and so where they basically... <laughs> you're, right, the right, you're, getting, you're getting the essence of it. You're getting the essence of what they wrote about. And, and, you know, then you learn about people like Ansel Keys and
0: whew, you don't believe the, the scandal. I mean, now I don't even think they could get away with it.
1: Oh, they couldn't now. They could never pull it off. And the only reason that this current hierarchy is still in business is because of the trillions of dollars that that flow through the
2: revenue stream. It is no accident that in this time we're
1: seeing these battles that we're seeing. You, you've got—I'm sure you're aware of the Lancet thing that came out where recently, where all these corporations got together to fund this paper, yeah. <laughs> declaring that everybody should only eat this minute, tiny, little portion of meat a week, and we should all be plant-based. That the planet won't survive if we keep eating meat, which is all just crap.
0: Yeah, and it completely ignores how many countless—I mean, how many eons of life on Earth, you know, where these fueled animals, by meat. But but apparently, cow farts are gonna kill us all. So it's burps mostly, they say. But <laughs> yeah, still, I was no. Say it's,
1: they can't even get that right half the time.
0: It's funny uh, to say for it.
1: So. Oh, I know it is. I know it is. Uh, it's. I don't think it is a conspiracy. I. I think it's just a reality of life today. And but we're seeing pushback, mm-hmm. and you can't argue away our stories. Our personal experiences cannot be argued away by ideology. Absolutely not. The before and after pictures are real.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's Just like your little video. I watched the last video of yours. I watched yesterday was the one where you did the little time travel thing.
0: <laughs> that was a trip. For and me, I it just, was a trip.
1: Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. And, and But it was a very well-done video, and, and I admired you. that you thought it out and put it together well.
0: Thanks. But
1: I, my wife and I were looking at you, and we were like, he's not well yet.
0: Mm.
1: And you weren't, were you? No.
0: no. And it no, was that obvious. Was, that was really close to... I'd say, I don't know, it's hard to, I can't remember the exact time, but it wasn't too, too long, may, maybe within months, I think it might have been two months before carnivory, maybe mm-hmm. a few, four months, something like that. I was right around the corner, and I was, yeah, definitely, I, I felt, this thing, I felt okay, but, you know, I, I was depressed, but I thought I was okay.
1: You could see it in your affect, you could see it in your affect. I if you look back at older Jordan Peterson videos before he started doing carnivory, mm-hmm. you can tell by looking at him. Yeah. Same thing with Michaela. There's there she did some podcasts when she was still sick before she started carnivory. Oh my gosh. She looks mm. like a completely different person. Wow. Her face is all swollen, her eyes are kind of sunk in. She's got that I'm on drugs, medicinal look, the medicine
0: mm. look. And she is absolutely stunning and and uh, oh. Jordan and her father. Um, I've seen just the difference between recent pictures of him and even more recent pictures of him. Within months, he he looks even younger. And
1: oh, he does, he does. And,
0: and I
1: had the privilege of uh, he came to Jacksonville last fall, and my wife and I got to sit in the nosebleed sections, and he was real tiny. <laughs> but we got to hear him give a talk, okay. and we both declared then that if he comes back. We're going to spend the extra money to do the meet and greet. Okay. I, I got to share this with you. This, I might get emotional through this and I don't really give a shit. Oh, please. Because it really meant a lot to me because they literally saved me and my wife from more misery than I can ever possibly repay them for.
0: The Petersons.
1: Yes, collectively, because they told their story. yes. They don't tell their story. I don't learn about carnivory. You and I aren't having this delightful conversation. And who knows how horrible, you know, I'm probably locked up somewhere, Mm. you know, being force fed meds. I don't want to take and not, you know, what a horrible existence. That was what was, I could see in my future at that time. I was very blessed and fortunate to see the video where Michaela a f- few weeks ago announced that she was getting her ankle replacement replaced. Yes. And then she was tweeting from the hospital bed while she was in recovery. And I'm like, here's my chance. All she's got is that cell phone or tablet. This is the time she Active might audience. see this. <laughs> so I tweeted to her my before and after picture. It, well, no, I tweeted her the link from the carnivore cast. Mm-hmm. And I said, you are responsible for this. You and your dad need to know how much good you've done. Because that matters. That matters so much for you and me. What we're doing now is what we're putting good out into the world. We're letting other, other people are going to see this. And other people are going to have the right button punch. It may only be one, but it'll be somebody. Mm-hmm. Probably be more than that. And they're going to benefit from that goodness to some degree. That's what we're on this earth to do, in my opinion. They needed to know that. That mattered to me, not that they know it so they could go, hey, look what we did. It mattered to me that they know they did a good thing for a whole family that they might never meet. And. God bless Michaela to death. She sent it to her father. And her father took the time out of his day to write to me and say, I'm very pleased to hear of your success. That's wonderful. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> These are happy tears. I'm not sad. This is wonderful stuff. Yeah. And it brings, when, when you, you see a lot of times when he's being interviewed now, he'll talk about the people that he meets and, you know, I've lost a hundred pounds. or I've lost 75 pounds or, you know, your lectures helped me get my relationship back with my family, these kinds of wonderful things. And it's really important to me that they know you're, you're not just putting out good on this level. You're putting out good on this level and that level. I mean, Oh, it's, it's, you can't, you can't, there's no bottom to it. There's no end to the goodness that comes from it because you and I bring goodness because of our wellness to people that we interact with on a daily basis. Whereas if we were still sick, we wouldn't be doing that on any level. No. I mean, to me, that's the profound stuff. That's the stuff that really makes it all worthwhile. That, that's why I, I don't feel like people come up to me and all the time or they interact with me and they say, your story's really inspiring. And I still get a little uncomfortable with that. Do you? I do. Because I don't feel my memory of what I did. It just was common sense. I realized I was obese. Tying my shoe my belly was in the way
0: there's another memory another I'm, uncom-
1: I'm, I'm uncomfortable i start getting a little shorter breath i could feel my heart starting to race i'm like how the hell did i let this happen
2: mm.
1: i knew i was big i knew i was fat but i didn't realize to the degree i was until after i started using a little cannabis. And like, this is completely unacceptable
2: mm.
1: so i just started walking and then went on my version of low carb, high fat, which is kind of a variation off of Atkins. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it as traumatic or a trial or even something that was really hard to do. It just seemed to me like it was the only thing I could do. Yeah. Everything else was irrational.
0: Okay. And it's good it, to, that it, you know, when it, when it clicks, it clicks so, that's good. I don't think I felt, in, in my experience, it was, I was in such a fog, I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. So, the improvements happened while the dust settled, and then once the dust had settled, I was able to appreciate some improvements, but, ooh, in the middle of it, no. There wasn't even a decision in my, in my case, it was just following cravings, and then looking up, will these cravings kill me? Is my craving for fat and meat going to kill me? And seeing that it wouldn't, and then learning about all this stuff—that's yeah, how it. Following that's appetite,
1: it, right? I, I, I probably would have been. Yours sounds like the the less destructive or less dangerous path. I tried to. I was fishing for the right word. The less dangerous road to travel, oh. perhaps. Perhaps. I don't. I don't
0: think there's any. <laughs> there's no way to compare the two. I don't think. But, but
1: but but the reality is, we ended up in the right place at the yeah, end of the story. Yeah, that's what that, counts. You know, that's what I told. I told somebody online the other day. I said, "I'm thankful I survived to the best part of the story."
2: Yeah,
0: and it's a new but,
1: beginning, and and it's a joyful new beginning.
0: Yes, I love that word joy because um, I have a next name, Joy. Hey, Joy, <laughs> but. but but the word joy is this. Um, I I, just, I distinguish it from happiness. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think a lot of people do. So it's to very me, it's, different. I think it's deeper, and that it it can include things that are struggles, but that but if you're in the right frame of mind, you're. You know, it, you're, you're rising to that challenge and and growing through that challenge, evolving through that challenge. Mm-hmm. And there's joy in that. Even I don't know. It's not just happiness. I don't like just using the word happiness. Are you happy? No. No. See, it's well, not, it's a good start.
1: It, it, yeah, it's it's a great place to start. But but people have such a, a messed up understanding of the word happiness, in my opinion, that they think it means one thing, and then it's really not necessarily. It's not like life is suddenly perfect. Right. Exactly. <laughs> life now is not perfect. You know, hmm. bill's still got to be paid. You still got to get up and go do the work and do things for people that maybe you wouldn't really want to just because that life re- survival
0: requires it. Oh, come That's on. I not- want to spend all day transcending, can't I? <laughs> I just I I want to I want to strive to
1: experience the meat sweats for the first time. <laughs> I got to really work at it. I mean, um, yeah, I've never had. I actually had people ask me that. Have you ever had the meat sweats? I don't even know if that's a real thing. Does that even is that just a saying or I don't I think don't, even such thing exists.
0: I don't think that's a thing. I've never. But heard. I have
1: people ask me that all the time.
0: I wonder if it's you know maybe hamburger bun sweats.
1: <laughs> Probably. Probably grain French fry sweats, sweats. French fry sweats or canola oil
0: sweats. Canola, yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. That's another can of worms. You know oh, what? <laughs> I'm going to go back to that word joy because that's what this has been, Brett. I can't thank you enough for, for being on Epiphanitis. And I knew that we would get beyond... I mean, carnivory itself is an amazing topic. I can talk mm-hmm. to you about it all day. I can talk to anybody. I, I almost pity the people who bring it up to me because I start because I don't I hold it back all day and then one person says so you still doing that kind yeah oh you wouldn't believe this idea uh, yeah, yeah. I resemble
1: okay. that remark
0: <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing your story like you were saying this sharing is crucial that's that's why we do it that's why we we speak in public I'm a I'm an introvert I like sp- being alone I don't I, I make wonderful connections with people. I have wonderful relationships in my life, but I'm a loner, but like you said it's it's like a, a mortal sin not to reach out with what we're learning and try to spread some of this vitality around and and just make make the world better for as many people as possible.
1: I agree my life. Forms. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And do you want to talk about joy? It was almost more joyful to hear from the lady who lost her multiple sclerosis symptoms than it was my own experience, because all I could think of was, was she gets to feel she gets to experience what you and I experience yes. What a wonderful gift and to be able to. To
0: help make that happen,
1: I know we're getting it's good because my phone, my phone okay. just poor
0: connection. Okay, no, you're, you're coming back. <laughs> I'm almost sorry, out of wanna, juice. You were, ma- you were making such a good point. I didn't want it to just
1: switch. Okay, I switched audio only. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: That's fine. We'll finish out this way.
1: <laughs> but I thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I agree with you. I feel like you and I could sit and talk about carnivory endlessly. Yes. until we had cobwebs growing off our faces.
0: <laughs> I mean, and, it, and it, this diet makes it so easy. We could fast. But thank for, you so
1: much for this opportunity.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you, Brett. And you know, I, I look forward to being in touch.
1: Okay. Well, we better call it. Thank you very <laughs> much for having me. I'll be in touch online. God bless. It. Take care. Eat some meat. Drink some water, everybody.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you, Brett.
1: Thank you, sir. Have a
0: blessed all, day. All the best to you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Goodbye. All right, that does it for another Epiphanitis Chat. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We lost track of time. That that's a sign of a good conversation, I think. I think, and we agree on that. And I'm hoping you agree because you know we're doing this to share it with you. We're here to share our stories. That's what we're look. This is about the carnivorous diet. I'm not trying to spread dogma or propaganda, anything like. It's just about sharing our experiences because we see it working and we're we feel it working. We see it working in the mirror, we see it working around us, we feel it working inside of us. So, the carnivorous diet was probably my biggest epiphany in life, besides, I guess, I don't know, discovering I was an atheist, which Brett is not. That's another thing. We don't have to all agree on everything. And, I don't know, we didn't discuss politics, but if we had had different... Political leanings, that wouldn't matter to me either. We may, we, we might. But these conversations wouldn't happen if we couldn't just focus on what brings us all together. And in this case, it's meat. Thanks for joining us, and I'll be with you again soon. Until then, stay inspired.